0: a song sheet or not. Um, Thank the Lord, there's some uh, translators to help us to translate this song into three languages. We have Spanish, and we have uh, Korean, and we also have Chinese, so no one is uh, is, is missing out. Uh, A little thing, a little bit about this song. Actually, for the longest time, I have had this thought about writing a hymn based on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now most Christians uh, readily uh, acknowledge that is one of the greatest chapter there is in the New Testament. And that would be a chapter on love. So you go to weddings, you go to funerals, whatever, frequently you will find the reading of that passage, uh, if not of the entire chapter of the middle part of it. And indeed in the middle part of it, it gives a particular kind of definition on love. And so for the longest time I have the thought to write something based on that. But the uh, time or the inspiration never was quite there. And so two weeks ago, because of a conference in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, in which I had to speak uh, a message. And that message was not on love. It's on something else. But one of the points in the message was on this matter of love. And in fact, uh, this passage in 1 Corinthians, uh, chapter 13, four through eight, was used as a reference. And so, in my flight from Orange County uh, to Charlotte, uh, it's a two-lake flight, I think. I, I flew so much I forgot even where I was flying from. But anyway, uh, it was a 2 leg flight and uh, usually I use that time to prepare for my message you know, that I have to give. But this time, I didn't spend the time to prepare the message, I spend the time to write this hymn. So I, if you have never done it, try it. It will make the time go by very quickly. Uh, At 35,000 feet, I begin to write this song. But as anyone who writes songs know, or these kind of hymns know, it's actually not that easy to write a hymn. And so after I wrote it, I showed up, I gave my message, and I introduced the hymn. And that was was not very good. because the, f- the hymn was very raw, uh, the words were wrong, and they were really quite rhyming as it should be, and the uh, grammar was incorrect. All kinds of things, but it doesn't matter. At least I like it, I told the people. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, I liked it. But I knew that that was a very initial um, attempt. Uh, to capture uh, the thought and even the sentiment uh, of uh, of the biblical passage. So actually I took the next two weeks to continue to refine it, and what you have in your hand is probably the 10th version of this song. Now I don't mean this is perfect, this is so fantastic, But i like to surely want to take this occasion to offer this song uh, to the Lord again, and also to the church, to all of you, for you to sing. And uh, this has very much to do even with the burden this weekend, actually, this matter of love. So the tune I've chosen, is in fact called "O Perfect Love," a very well-known hymn um, and a hymn that we would sing. That start with the words "I am the Lord's." O joy beyond expression, a very dear hymn, very touching hymn. Uh, it is to be sung with a lot of feeling. So please don't shout. Please don't jump up and down. Uh, let us sing this with a lot of feeling. And uh, I think uh, as you sing it and as you take it back and sing it more, I think you will get into um, this matter of, uh, you know, the thought and the, uh, uh, of this song a lot more. Okay? So I like to ask the sisters to just play the tune for us, all of us once, and then we will sing it. Oh. to ask the Chinese saints, how's the translation?
1: Very
0: good. Huh? The singable, huh? How about the Korean? No response? How about the Spanish? The huh? Okay. Okay. Amen. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Please go back and sing it, and uh, and also I really like you to actually read these verses in 1 Corinthians thirteen. I mean, it is so profound and so um, uh, almost you feel it is uh, unreachable. Um, this kind of love, but it is in the Word of God, and so. Let's uh, pray this word. Uh, Go back and take these verses, especially verses 4 through 8, and pray them. Pray them before the Lord. um, And pray this word into you. And I think at that time, this song may be helpful uh, for you to digest, for you to enter uh, into the feeling. Now, brothers and sisters, this song is on love and this, um, um, this chapter, 1 Corinthians, is on love. And this weekend, uh, our burden is on gates. Gates. Um, How that, in the New Jerusalem, okay, this is the last great picture or sign in the New Testament, that is in the book of Revelation. You have this holy city called New Jerusalem in the new heaven and the new earth. Now, this New Jerusalem is indeed a mystery. And it will take actually the entire Bible to explain it. It is the consummate, I would say, even the harvest vision, the final vision, the ultimate, the conclusive, the end product of all visions, all revelation in the entire Bible. Out comes this new Jerusalem. And so it is so deep and so mysterious speaking about God's heart's desire being realized, God's eternal purpose being fulfilled, uh, God's building being completed. It is so deep and so profound that no words alone uh, can do the job. So a picture is required. Uh, An image is necessary because you know many times words fail. You need need a picture. You need a photograph. You need something visual to help you understand and appreciate what this thing is. And so this is what we have in this last vision in the whole Bible. A picture of a city so therefore All that pertains to this picture or this picture of this holy city must not be construed as physical. Do you follow me? As some physical place with golden streets and with a um, a tree and river and Walls and gates and foundations and so many things. Uh, It says on the throne, which is at the center of this city, a throne, there sits God and the Lamb. Now one would not believe that there's a little lamb, like Mary have a little lamb, sitting there on the throne with God in this city. It doesn't make sense. So this city must be interpreted spiritually. This sign must be interpreted spiritually uh, so that you can appreciate um, this consummate structure, a city, a building, which is the end product of God's great work in this universe to build something for himself and for the man that he created. Well, this new Jerusalem in the end is not, as I said, a physical object and even the more it's not a physical place like heaven that you would go to. Um, I hate to disappoint you, but a lot of people are looking forward to go to this heaven. Uh, You may be quite surprised that that heaven is not waiting for you. This New Jerusalem is a person It's personal. And what person is this New Jerusalem? It is a mingled person. It is a mingling or a blending or a union of the person of God. God is a person. God is not an idea. God is certainly not a place. God is not physical. But he is a person, the person of the triune God. But not only so, this person is not only God himself, but also it includes man, the human person. That means it includes you and I. We all are part of this new Jerusalem. This New Jerusalem actually is a married person. You actually find that uh, in the word there. It talks about this new Jerusalem actually is the wife. Is a wife. Now that it cannot be more personal. I don't marry Irvine. You know, Irvine is not a person, it's a city. It may be quite nice, but I will never marry Irvine. I want to marry a woman, am I right? A person to be my wife because I'm a person. God would never marry a place. His wife is not some place. God wants to marry a person. You know what that person is? Man. You. Me. God wants to marry us. As his wife. And so at the end of chapter 22, it says the spirit and the bride say come. So there, that spirit is simply God himself, the father who has gone through a process of being incarnated in the flesh, and that is the son, And eventually through death, the process of death and resurrection, that son was transfigured to become the spirit. The spirit. So the spirit is a kind of ultimate transfiguration of God. Now this may sound strange to you, but the whole Bible actually proves this point. So today, when we say the Spirit, we actually mean the entire Godhead. You follow me? But this is not the simple Godhead, but the God that has been through a long and rich process to become the Spirit. And you say, why? Because if He has not become a man, there would be, have no way for him to die in our stead. God have to die in the flesh, in the person of Christ, on the cross. This morning we're here to review the death of this God. God died in a man once upon a time. And on that cross, this man's body was broken, and this man's blood flowed out. And that blood, I will tell you, is the blood of God. And it is through that blood that God purchased His church. And it is through that broken body that life flows. So that these sinful and dead persons can be enlivened, can receive the very divine life of himself. Amen. That is the Lord's table. And through that, his judicial redemption accomplished on the cross and through his resurrection becoming the spirit to come into all of us who have been chosen by him, we're now redeemed and we're now regenerated. That means we're now born again. Praise the Lord. Aren't you happy? Isn't God's love fully shown in this? So this is also a table of love. And When Christ died on that cross, the moment that he yielded up his spirit to God, when he expired, something happened in the tabernacle or rather in the temple. And that is there was a veil. You know there's a veil. The temple is simply an enlarged tabernacle. It is the same thing except it is a different scale. And so in the tabernacle that is of old, that is in the wilderness, which depicts Christ and also his church, that tabernacle <clears throat> has actually three Veils, three veils, not even two. The first one is the veil between the holy place and the holiest of all. And the holiest of all is where the Ark of the Testimony resides. And that Ark of the Testimony is simply a type of Christ. And we know that this Christ, this Christ Jesus is simply the embodiment of the triune God. He is just God in the flesh to be a testimony. That is the ark. And so in the holiest place is where the presence of God is. God's heart's desire, simply put, is to bring the man that he created, even the man that transgressed in the fall, the man who sinned, somehow to redeem him, to recover him, to bring him back to himself or even into himself. But because God is holy, God is righteous, God is full of glory, no sinner can draw nigh to him. No sinner can come even close to him, not to mention to enter into him. It's impossible. So God came in the person of the Son to die on the cross, as I said, to shed his blood. For our forgiveness and for our cleansing. So that sinful man can now come back to God. There's a second veil and that is the veil between the holy place and the outer court. And I'm not here to expound on those things. I just want to make you aware. There's another veil here. Actually there's a third veil. The third veil is the veil of the outer court. There's another gate. All these faces the east. And that veil has four pillars with the screen. It's called a gate, actually. And this second veil here also have four pillars. No, five pillars with a screen. And the innermost veil has four pillars with three openings, and a screen, and it turns out that all the screens are the same, made of the same material, and that is fine linen with scarlet and blue, and with the cherubim, the same covering of the first layer of the holy tabernacle. And these screens are there to keep the sinner out, to keep everything sinful out, to keep everything that does not match God's glory, God's righteousness, God's holiness out. It is to protect God, His attributes, His interest. But I thank the Lord that these are not just screens, but they are screens with openings. Praise the Lord for openings. That means in the heart of God, he had designed access, entrance, gateways, doors. Do you see his heart? His heart eventually is not to keep man out. His heart is, he wants man in. Amen. But man, fallen man, cannot come in. He will die if he comes in. And God have to judge him. And so, one day God came in that man to die on the cross, on our stead. He died, brothers and sisters, so we don't have to die. He was judged, so you and I don't have to be judged. So on that cross, not only his hands and his feet were pierced, were, were nailed, but his side was pierced by a spear by the Roman soldiers, and out came blood, And water. As I said already, blood for redemption and water for life. Blood for redemption and water for regeneration. And by these two things, through these two things, we have full access. Amen. Amen? Amen. In fact, even just now, as I'm speaking here, I think about John 3. It says, no man can see the kingdom or enter into the kingdom unless you are born anew. Am I right? Do you see the thought of entering? Entering into the kingdom. We are all, through the fall, In the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness. That's where we belong. But God wants to transfer us into His kingdom. The kingdom of light and the kingdom of the Son of His love. But there's no way for us to enter in. So firstly, we need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. To have all our problems between God and us removed, dealt with, so that we can be reconciled to Him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We were enemies, enmity. We, we, We were God's enemies. And now we are reconciled. What good news but that is only the first step of reconciliation. There's a second step of reconciliation, and that is regeneration. Not only were we wiped clean, not only were we sanctified in an outward kind of a way, but God in Christ, through resurrection, came into us as the spirit of life to regenerate us. Now we are not just holy in a positional sense, now we have the holy nature of God. We have the, that is in the life of God. That is in the spirit of God. That spirit has come into us to make us alive. And that regeneration Allow us to see God's kingdom. We're in, brothers. We're in, brothers. We have passed the riven veil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're in the kingdom of God. So in a very, very succinct way this morning, because there's no time, I share with you this full gospel of God. But not only so, let me tell you, it doesn't not even stop there. That's why there's so many gates and so many veils. There's still a further work. And that is after we're saved, after we became Christians, after we're regenerated, it doesn't stop there. Most Christians will say, okay, now I wait to go to heaven. Well, the problem is you can't go to heaven until you die. And nobody wants to die. So that is a bit of a conflicting message when you talk about going to heaven. Brothers and sisters, there's something much better than going to heaven. And that is called going into God. That heavenly mansion, that some Christians purport that it takes Christ 2,000 years to build is not same as that villa in Newport Coast, you see? They say it is, it takes 2,000 years to build. This thing must be really, really fantastic. With 100 bedrooms and (laughs) golf course and... You know what I mean. Dear brothers and sisters, forget about it. Forget about that. Now, today, actually, my dear brothers and sisters, we're still on our way. After we regenerate to be fully brought into God himself, to be one with him, to be filled with him. To even, if I may say so, Part of Him. That doesn't make us God to be worshipped. But it does mean that we will fully possess His life, Amen. His nature, Amen. His attributes, Amen. His goodness. Amen. Everything that God is would become ours. Amen. And by doing by, by that, we would become His expression, His fullness. His testimony. And actually, that is the new Jerusalem. Now today, we're in a process. We're still in a passage. We're still in a journey into God. And so, we still need today, Christ as our constant access. Amen. Our constant passageway. And this is why even in John 14, after you talk about this heavenly mansion which is really this mutual abode, this mutual abiding place of God and man where God would live in man and man would live in God. They live in each other in an incorporated way. And when that is expanded that will be the new Jerusalem. And today it is the church of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. We all are still in this journey. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And he said in Ephesians, through him we have access in one spirit. In one body, right? Into the Father. So, the Lord Jesus is the passage. The Lord Jesus is the access. The Lord Jesus is the way. Not only for our redemption, but also for our regeneration. But not only for our regeneration, let me say this, even for our Glorification. He is leading many sons into glory. So today we still need Christ as our what? Entrance. As our continuous, constant entrance into God. Now, actually all this I say is not the burden for this weekend. The burden for this weekend is this. That this Christ, this way, this gate, this access, this Jesus, today must be reproduced, multiplied, enlarged. Duplicated in each one of us. So if you look at the New Jerusalem again, you see a four square city, 12,000 stadia on each side, huge. It had walls around it, 200 feet at least high, going in four directions but there are gates, not only one, but three gates on each side, total of 12 gates. And as we saw yesterday, the number 12 is three times four, right? There's something called numerology. You have to study the meaning of numbers even in the scriptures to understand Things with spiritual meaning. And so three times or three always refer to the Godhead, the triune God, the Holy Trinity. The four always refers to the creatures. The four winds, the four directions of the earth, east, west, north, and south. The nations, the tongues, the tribes and the people, all this refers to the human creatures. And so this city with four sides means it's facing all the whole earth with all the people. And the fact that it has gates, three gates on each side, show that it is accessible from every direction regardless of who you are, regardless of what ethnicity you have, regardless of what class of people, regardless of whether you're rich or poor, regardless of what age you're in, as long as you are a man, a woman, a human being, I will tell you, you can come on in. These gates does not discriminate. These gates are non-selective. These gates are not exclusive in any way. These gates just say, "Come." Amen. Those you who are thirsty, come. It's just a word, "Come." Whosoever will, come. Amen. And there's a tried, call, trifle call, "Come," at the end of chapter two, uh, ch- 22. In Revelation, it's as if each gate cries out, come. Amen. The Father says, come. Amen. The Son says, come. Amen. The Spirit says, come. Amen. And that is Luke 15. The Gospel of Luke chapter 15. Amen. The shepherd in that parable is the Son seeking the lost sheep, one out of 100, the woman who search for the coin is the spirit working in the hearts of men to enlighten and to stir, to find the lost coin, which we are, each one of us. And finally, the forgiving, waiting, long-suffering, welcoming father for the prodigal to return you see that those are the three gates but those three gates is times 4 that means those three gates are mingle with us today god in man are the gates today the triune god mingle with us tripartite man are the gates. So the New Jerusalem is a city, not just of wall, it's a city of gates. You know, we talk about the pearl, you know, these gates, each, each gate is a pearl. And we all know that that pearl is a picture of Christ death and resurrection resulting in him being the gate i failed to mention earlier that the veil was riven when christ died i'll get to that in a moment but let's come back to the gates of the pearl so you have this little rock a little sand that was irritated Uh, it irritated the oyster, causing the oyster to secrete some kind of fluid or substance. And after many layers of that secretion, the pearl came forth. And of course, that is a picture of Christ's death on the cross. He's more than irritated. He was pierced. He was nailed. He was wounded. But out came blood and out came water. On the rock. On the sand, which is you and I. In a certain brothers and Sisters, we killed him. The sinner killed him. But nonetheless, he still secretes. He say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. You see that? The secretion is there, layer after layer, and eventually Christ becomes this pearl. Not only just a pearl of great price, in that sense, in another parable, but a pearl as a gate. As a gate for men to come through into God and into God's building. For man's dwelling, for man's habitation. Now, brothers and sisters, that pearl those, is Christ. But there are 12 of them. 12 of them. I like to say this weekend to all of us here, brothers and sisters, each one of us should be a pearl, Amen. a small one. I said, maybe not as big as Billy Graham. You know, Billy Graham is a pretty big pearl. How many millions came through this evangelist? Right? Into God. Maybe not. But we're a little pearl. You know, last night after the meeting, a brother, I don't know whether you're here or not, who came with Danny Choi, an older brother. Well, he's not here this morning, so... He came and talked to me, and at the end of our little short conversation, he said, "He said, brother, listen. He said, you told us today in the churches there are 25,000 saints, right? I mentioned that yesterday. He said, according to your talk, if each of these 25,000 would be a little pearl, a little gate, then tomorrow we'll have 50,000. If each gate will let one in. I said, brother, where did you get that? I said, you nailed it. I said, you nailed it. This is the burden for this weekend. Imagine that there's not just one pearl that is Christ. And there would not just be the 12 apostles or whatever, some evangelists, some gifts to be the bigger pearls. Imagine every Christian, every saint, every believer is a pearl. Wow. Let me tell you, there are a lot of influences. Look at this wall. You tell me, Come on in. You know, let's say I'm on the other side, right? I'm on the other side. I say, come on in. I say, okay, come on in. Well, how do I come in? I don't even know how to come in because there's absolutely no opening. Right? Now, just listen to me. Today there's some in some places among some Christians, they said, we need church without walls so that we can, you know, be open. You know what I mean? And so people can come. Let me tell you, that's wrong. That's wrong. New Jerusalem is a city with walls and high ones at that. So we're not talking about a church without walls we still need protection. We need sanctification. We need the expression of God in all his attributes. So we need walls, high ones. What we need today are a lot of gates in these walls. We're not giving up the walls. We We need more gates in these walls. I hope I hope in this wall every few inches there's a gate. Then I don't need to go searching around, you know what I mean? Every few inches there's a gate. And there's all kinds of gates. Depending on your size. <laughs> depending on your color, depending on your Ethnicity, uh, your tongue—you know what people, whatever you may be, there is a gate for you. Oh, Oh, I tell you, this is the heart of God. This is the heart of God. In the tabernacle, there are there are these threefold entrances. He wants men to come in. Men to come in. He must wall out everything common, everything unholy, everything unclean. He must. That's his nature. But oh, he wants men in. So you have to come through the right gate. You can climb over it. I don't care what a good climber you are. You cannot climb into the new Jerusalem. You have to go through the gates. It says... Blessed are those who what? Wash their robes. Take the tree of life who would enter the city through the gates. There's only one way to come into the city and that is through the gates. And there's only one gate or one kind of gate and that is Christ. This means, brothers and sisters, today in order for us to become a gate We have to become a little Christ, if if you understand what I'm trying to say. We have to be a small reproduction, duplication of this Christ. We have to be like him. We have to go through what he went through. His... History, Christ's history, has to become our story. His process has to become our experience, day by day. It is by this way that we will become identified with him. We will become one with him, we'll become joined to him. And it is by this way that you and I will also become a small gate. For someone to come in, for a sinner to come in, for a seeker to come in. We would say, Lord, you are the way, you are the gate. Everyone has to come through you. The Lord would turn around and say, yes, but today I'm in you. I'm one with you. Aren't you experiencing me? Aren't you experiencing the process I went through? I'm working myself into you. I'm duplicating myself into you. You know what? I want you to be the gate. I'm in the heavens. You're on the earth. You are more convenient. (laughs) Nobody can get on some rocket and get to the heavens to go through me as the gate. You are my gate. Church, you are my gate. Each one of us should be a gate for sinners to come through. For seekers to come through. It's almost like if we are not the gates, they cannot come through. There's no way for them to come through. All these pillars, there's these pillars in the in all the three gates huh? or, or, or entrances in the tabernacle. four, three, four, five, four. All these pillars are a picture of actually us. Made of acacia wood, overlay with gold, with glass on top, holding the screen or the veil. On silver sockets, I don't have time to talk about all these things, very meaningful. And on us are these screens hung. And yet, through us, people can come through. You know, now I realize pillars in the building is not just to hold up things. Pillars are what make entrances. You say, I want to be a pillar. That doesn't mean you're just here supporting some structure. It means you're here as a gate, or you help to form gates for people to come in. Now, I don't have time. This outline. You can go home and read it. Forget about it here. Okay. (laughs) These pillars refers to persons uh, that creates openings, access for people to come. in further and further and further into God. You know, the book of Hebrews is a book called Coming Forward. It's a journey into God. The Christian life is a journey into God. But people need ways to come in. They need guidance. They need access. And those are what? Not only Christ himself, but Christ in us. Look at Paul. Paul was a great gate. He was an evangelist gate. He was a prophet gate. He was a teacher gate. He was a shepherd gate. Almost everywhere that Paul went, he was an access point for people to come into the Lord further and further in their experiences of God. That's what he was. When you come to Paul, when you meet Paul, this is a person... It's just one big hole. You know what I mean? One big entrance. When you come to Paul, you don't hit the wall like this. When you come to Paul, it is an automatic entrance. You, know, you don't even need to push that what? You know, sometimes the door is for the uh, handicap. No, you don't even need to. When you go, you know, you're 10 feet away, the door opens. You know, some saints are like this. Paul was like this. I also know some saints. You walk up there, you you just bang, you just hit. It says door, but it doesn't open. I keep hitting this thing, it doesn't open. There are many believers like this. There's no access. You couldn't get through them. There's no welcoming. They're not approachable. They're shut. Oh, they are beautiful. They are they they are splendid. They are nice. They're spiritual. They are whatever. Holy. They, 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 they are clean. They, they have a high wall. And that's good. But they have. No gates. And there could be even churches like this. Not just individuals, but a whole church. Have no gates. There's no gates. People don't know how to get in, even if they want to. <laughs> gates are not furnished. Or they have just one a very hard-to-find gate or one that is so small that you could not even get your toe in. (laughs) We have church life like this. Brothers and sisters, our need is not for some gospel, great gospel campaign. Our need is to have churches filled with gates, where every brother and every sister is an opening, is an opening. This is what that gentleman told me last night. 25,000 saints, 25,000 gates. Where today, as we speak, 25,000 people can come in. Not through the Lord in the heavens, not through some great gifts of evangelists, but through little me. Little me, brothers and sisters. Are you little me? You are a gate. Do we have college students here? You are a gate on your campus. You're a gate to your schoolmates. But I need to finish. (laughs) The only way for us to be a gate is that we are really One with Christ. One with the Lord. The one who is the true gate. The real gate. The real way. You and I in our fallen condition cannot be like this. And forget us. I'm not talking about sin, sinfulness, worldliness, and all of that. I'm talking about our fallen condition in our disposition is not like this. We don't like people. We don't love people. We don't care for people. We love ourselves. We care for ourselves. We're concerned for ourselves. You cannot be a gate like that. Your disposition is just cold, icy even, steely, that renders you impenetrable. Or you are just one way, this way. You're never flexible. You cannot meet needs of all kinds of people. Rather, people have to meet your, match you before they come in. You know, your gate is your silhouette. So... Anyone who has to come in has to become like you. That's not a gate. This gate should be wide, tall. Any sorts of people can come in. In any kind of condition. It, It is flexible. I'm not too much to say this, dear saints, that without us, people cannot come to the Lord without you and I. Don't say the Lord will do it. Yes, the Lord will do it to some degree. But you and I. People are waiting in line to come into the kingdom. I don't need to say that. People are seeking. People are needy. So many prodigals, am I right? So many lost coins, am I right? So many lost sheep, am I right? But where is that seeking heart? Where is that forgiving spirit? Where is that compassion? Where is that love? You say, I don't have it. I agree with you because I don't have it either. But do you know this love, 1 Corinthians 13? is not an idea. is not a feeling. It is, again, a person. That love is Christ. You can substitute that word love in 1 Corinthians 13 with Christ, and you can read it. Christ suffers long. Christ does not brag. Christ hopes all things. Christ endures all things. Christ rejoices in righteousness. It's Christ. Love is Christ. Brothers and sisters, we need to experience this love. We need this love to hang on us. We need to be constantly identified with and joined to Him. And this would necessarily require or demand, brothers and sisters, our old man to die. Our old disposition. Our cold disposition. You know, some of us, we just don't want to be inconvenienced. I find in my experience... If I'm that way, I cannot care for nobody. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Don't bother me. I'm not ready yet. I wish I had more stories to tell. Actually, each one of us should be a small evangelist, which is a gate, each one of us. And each one of us should also be a shepherd and teacher, a further gate. Well, for this, The Lord needs to work on us. You have a heart to be such a gate, brothers and sisters. Do you? Then open to the Lord and say, Lord, reproduce yourself in me, make me a way. Make me an entrance. Lord, do whatever is necessary. Shine on me. Touch me. And I would say, don't be scared to pray this way. Lord, break me. Break me open. Lord, do away. With my old disposition, my coldness, my impenetrableness—I don't even know that's an English word—my uh, being unapproachable, my not willing to be inconvenience, my unwillingness to die, basically, to lose myself for others, to be blessed, to come in to God. Pray this way and allow the Lord to work within us. Sing this song and say, oh tide of love, flow in. Flow in and flood me with the love of God and open me up so that this love can flow out to someone beside me. Lord, take away my selectivity. And even as a church, a local church, we need to pray, Lord, we don't want just to be a walled city anymore. We want to be a walled city filled with gates in every direction, in the community, in our workplace, in our school, so that more can come in. And again, I say, the Lord is not after each one of us being this gigantic gate like the apostle or like some of these great evangelists or spiritual people. God just wants each one of us could be a small gate. And someone will come in. Wouldn't it be wonderful when we meet the Lord, when we die, or when we see Him? Ten people has come through you into God. Twenty people have come in through you into God. How about that? So, it's about our person. It's about our person. I think I have said what I want to say. Okay, I just come back to one thing I forgot. That is the veil, huh? You know the veil? The veil. The veil is a picture of Christ's flesh. Now, we all have the flesh, but Christ's flesh is different from our flesh. Christ's flesh has no sin. It just looked like our flesh, the likeness of the flesh of sin, but it has no sin because he is Christ. But still, nevertheless, it was the flesh. And in order for man to come into God, that flesh has to die. That flesh has to be torn. That flesh has to be terminated and broken. And in this case, the Lord died on the cross, and when he expired, that veil was rent from the top to the bottom. That means it was God's hand that tore that flesh. And once that is torn, all may go in. In Hebrews it says, henceforth, is a new and living way open for us. New and living. That word new means fresh. It's always fresh. 2,000 years later this morning, that way is still fresh and living. It's not a dead passage. It's a living way for all of us to go in. We should join the Lord and become part of that way. And for that, dear saints, our flesh has to go. Our flesh has to die. Our old disposition has to be terminated. Our custom, our habits, our likes, dislikes, our preferences, our way of living has to die, so to speak, so that this way will be open even in us. I recall in my life I can name names of different people who at a particular time was my gate. Without them I wouldn't be standing here. And it's not one person. It's multiple persons. In various stages of my life they became God's gate. And this little man by his mercy, was able to come through those gates to advance, to go further and further into the Lord and into his building and to find my dwelling place here with God. So brothers and sisters, this is the burden. I pray the church in Irvine would be what? A church of gates. The church in San Juan, Capistrano, where are you? Stand up. Stand up. Wow. Amen. Very good. See so many gates there? Down south, right? This is facing the south. You'll be full of gates. Huntington Beach, you're facing the north. Where are you, Huntington Beach? Look at all these gates. North facing gates. Okay, thank you. And then we have uh, where? Oh, Santa Ana. They're the, they are the uh, east or the west. I don't know what they are. Look at all these gates. Very good, very good. And then uh, where else? Lake Forest. They are small, but they're still gates. Well, not that small. Look at that. Look at that. Amen. Thank you. Look, look at so many gates. Look at so many gates. Brothers and sisters, my heart is just breaking of sorts, breaking. There's so many, so many unsaved that God has chosen. They want to come in, into Christ and into even the church So many seeking Christians who are, what, undernourished, who are hungry, who need to drink, they're looking for the food and for the water. And listen, even so many who are backslidden (coughs) among us, they need a home. They want to come home. They want to be back in the Father's house. They want to enjoy that heavenly party again. They are also looking for a way in. But brothers and sisters, where are the gates? Let each one of us, let each one of us become a gate. A small Christ for people to come in and come through. Now there's a lot, of course, about how to be such a gate. But tonight, uh, this morning... I think I gave you at least the beginning, some principles. I hope that this message would not just tickle your ears and be forgotten. I hope you will take this word, take this song, take this outline, go to the Lord and pray this way. Transform me, Lord, into a gate so that many can come in through me into yourself, Amen. and into the Church of God, Amen. and into the New Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. I stop here. I hope some would uh, share something. Is there time for that, or should we stop here? How about we have a little prayer with each other for well, just a minute, and some can come up quickly. We have a few minutes for show.
2: the faithful speaking to us. Amen. Our urgent need is gates Amen. for us to become gates. Amen. We need a sufficient number of gates Amen. and we need a sufficient opening of the gates. Amen. Oh Lord, Amen. this is God's heart. Amen. He wants all men to be in Amen. all walks of people, Amen. people with all kinds of condition, Amen. classes, they can come in, Amen. come into God, Amen. come into the city of God. Amen. This is God's heart. Amen. So today we are here as the miniature of the New Jerusalem. Amen. Personally, and as the churches, we are living out the New Jerusalem and uh, working out the New Jerusalem. Amen. Our brother pointed out to us that urgent need is we need the gates. The we need to, must have this characteristics Amen. of gates to be the proper testimony of the Lord. Amen. And I realize also, in order for us to be the gates, saints, we need, we need a deeper mingling. Amen. Mingling with the triune God. Amen. Seeking triune God. Amen. Loving triune God. Amen. Three multiplied by four. Amen. Deeper mingling is what we need. Amen. And also, saints, these gates are the pearly gates. Amen. Oh, this is, we are becoming the gate, gates by death into resurrection. Amen. May all our situations and sufferings, oh, this will constitute us Amen. as the gate. Amen. as the, uh, the, the wounding and irritation is going on. May we turn to the Lord, Amen. open to the Lord. Amen. He can deal with us. He can secrete his life juice up upon us Amen. and gradually, slowly, yet he can make us gate Amen. For, his, uh, for his testimony.
3: Amen. Amen. Oh, how we need to be the gates. Amen. Our brother mentioned Paul and, and recently I've been reading through Acts and this really struck me this time how Paul was really a gate, Amen. not just because he was a great speaker. What, what struck me when you read Acts is not his public messages. But how from place to place, he just made himself available to people. Whether they were Jews, whether they were Gentiles, whoever was open when he got kicked out of the synagogue, he would go to a house and and just share with people. And eventually, not only was he the gate through which people could enter, but he made others' gates. So he was with Prisca and Aquila. And then he left, and then Apollos was there, very zealous, but he needed further reconciliation. Right, into the way. So Paul didn't have to do it. Prisca and Aquila were able to be the gates through which this one could be further reconciled. So I really was touched. Lord, you really need, of course, Paul was one who experienced the cross. But the cross, the working of the cross was not to make him a spiritual giant, but was to make him a gate so that all sorts of people can come in. So the Lord has really been touching me. Um, brother talked about being flexible. Why do we not make ourselves available to preach the gospel? Because we're busy, right? Because because we have so many things on our schedule. But if we are willing to be flexible, right, the Lord could really have a way. And so the Lord really even worked in me over these last few years to just set aside time every weekend just to go out. But it's not just enough to do something outwardly, but inwardly. Everything we go through, all the sufferings, right, the dealing of the cross, needs to make us so that inwardly we're open to people, Amen. all kinds of people, able to meet their needs so that whoever they are, they have a way to enter into God Amen. and enter into the church.
2: Well, this message really hit the mark It remind all of us that we are the gate, broadly doing the last couple of years of his life, he said, the local church is just a process. We are not building up a local church as an empire for ourselves, surrounded with wall. The church is just a gate. Remind that we are just a gate to usher people into the New Jerusalem. God's goes a New Jerusalem. God mingles with men. Each local church is just a gate. This year, we are able to bring a whole family into the church life. The husband was baptized here April 1st in Irvine. The mother-in-law was baptized in St. Juan Capistrano on August 26th. The wife was baptized in Roland High last year, Amen. but each locality is just a gate. Amen. We are not for our locality, we are for the body of Christ. Amen. We are here for the, the birth of the New Jerusalem. Amen. May the Lord use us, each one, as a gate. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Actually, brothers and sisters, to make it a little bit uh, more convenient, if you want to share, we've set up two microphones. And maybe we can just come up uh, and, and share at the microphone instead of trying to pass these microphones uh, around. So anyways, we encourage as many saints come and share a couple minutes. And since I'm standing, I might as well share what I enjoyed, which was the fact that this, uh, this, this new Jerusalem is really a sign. And if we start thinking in terms of merely architectural characteristics and features, we may lose the fact that really we're talking about people, right? The New Jerusalem is a person. Amen. God is not going to marry a place. He's going to marry a person. Amen. And even what we're talking about as being gates, these gates are persons. Amen. Actually, firstly, this, these gates are one person, Amen. right? The real gate, which is Christ, Amen. which is the triune God. Amen. But eventually it's not just three but is is three times four, meaning that this trying God has to be reproduced in each one of us Amen. to make us gates. Amen. Not so that we can be gates in theory, but so that these gates can bring people in. Amen. They cannot climb over the wall. They have to be brought in. Amen. And I was just thinking, you know, they, uh, it was mentioned about in John chapter 3, unless a man is born anew, Born anew, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Cannot enter the... Well, how does someone get brought... How did each one of us get brought into the kingdom of man? It was through a gate called our mother. In fact, if you think about it, mothers are gateways for people to enter into the world. We need many mothers. Actually... In the church life, we should have many, in our, in our, even, even in our church life experience, we should have many spiritual mothers Amen. to bring us progressively on this journey all the way into the triune God. Amen. Actually, we need to be persons who are gates to bring other people into God. Amen. We can continue.
5: Amen. The New Jerusalem is no ordinary city, and it has very, very high walls to be sanctified. But uh, a city with no functioning gates is a city that is under siege and produces a situation of death. You know, it's God's desire for all men to be saved. So it's our, it's our function and even our duty to be gates to allow others, to bring others in. Um, if, we, if we don't have functioning gates, not bringing others in, God's not getting what he's desiring. Um, and don't think that we can't be a gate. You know, we don't have to be, just as we said, uh, these these great grand gates like like Billy Graham, but uh, we can be be these small ones that can bring Amen. one or two. You know, Amen. if we all bring one or two, Amen. we double, quadruple,
1: Amen. we
5: multiply. Uh, and and there's no one size fits all gate, but there could be all different kinds of gates. Amen. So I really appreciated that we can all be a, a gate to bring someone in and gain what the Lord is after on this earth.
1: Amen. Uh,
6: each, o- uh, each one of us can become a wide, open, and a tall pearl gate if we are willing to open ourselves to the Lord, uh, allow Him to work on our nature disposition to break our, uh, self and our flesh. Then we will become a gate. Amen. To be a blessing for many
7: people. Amen. Amen. We're all little gates. So I just really am so struck that the Lord wants to reproduce his life in us. Amen. We need to come to him as the one who's the gateway Amen. to the new Jerusalem, Amen. to this corporate person. Amen. So all we have to do is just come to the Lord as we are. Amen. We just have to open to him and say, Lord, break me open. Amen. All he really wants Amen. is to be our person. Amen. So my prayer is that he would break all of the things that inconvenience me, that when someone, whenever, wherever I am at on campus, at school, that I would be a gate that's approachable, that someone can come to him, can come into the New Jerusalem through me. So this is what the Lord is after. And then when we die, we will be able to, to, the Lord will say, you brought 10 to 20 ones. You were were a gate who brought 10 to 20 ones to me. So this is what the Lord is after. We are those who are blessed, who are washing our robes, eating the tree of life, that we would enter through the gate. Right. So
8: praise the Lord that he's the real gate. Amen. Amen. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the reality and the life. Amen. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Our dear Lord Jesus is a unique entrance, It's the unique gate unto the Father, Amen. and it's through him that we have access unto the Father. Amen. But this unique gate fell into the earth and died, Amen. so that many gates can be brought forth. Amen. And I was so I was touched that in order for Christ to be such a gate, His flesh had to be broken. So how much the more does our flesh need to be broken for us to be gates? Amen. I realized in my experience the big, the biggest frustration is that I'm not willing to let go of my convenience. I'm not willing to let go of my preferences. But how much more does the Lord want to reproduce Himself in us to be the gates, so that others can have access to the Father? So we simply pray that the Lord will strengthen us into our inner man, Amen. so that Christ, who is a unique gate, will make his home more in our hearts, Amen. to reproduce us as, this, as these miniature gates for many to enter in.
9: Amen. Hallelujah. I was so touched by this message this morning and by the message last night of the Lord's needs for many gates in the, in the church life today. Amen. And I'm, I'm just struck that the picture of a pearl is so, um, so rich and how uh, a pearl is not manufactured, but is produced organically. And so after a message like this, it's easy, at least for a person, uh, at least in my disposition, to want to do something for the Lord and say, Lord, you know, I don't know what I would do, but just to be stirred up. But I do appreciate that our need is to be produced as pearls today. Amen. And this is by us remaining in the death of Christ. The Lord is the unique oyster in this universe, and only he can secrete this life juice over us to produce us as pearl gates. Each day we must be willing to allow him to apply this death of his of the cross to our being. By coming to him, by remaining in his wounded side, and allowing him to flow his life into us. As he does this, we'll be able to become the gates described in these messages. The other side is that we also need the gifted members to perfect us. Not only must we come to the Lord day by day and morning by morning, but we must avail ourselves to those around us who can perfect us in this work of the evangelist. I was so impressed, I was reminded of this verse that Paul spoke to Timothy. He said, do the work of an evangelist, which indicates that Timothy's gift was not of evangelism. Actually, in fact, Timothy's gift was probably of teaching. Uh, if you read 1st and 2nd Timothy. Anyway, But well, I was just impressed that I probably don't have the gift of evangelism. I'm not going to be a Billy Graham. But I can give myself to be perfected to become an evangelist. Amen. I can avail myself to the Lord and to the perfected members so that I can become such a gate. Amen. So Lord, gain us Amen. in our willingness. Amen. The walls of this city will not be closed. Amen. There will be many gates to allow many to come in. Amen.
10: And the lord needs a proper testimony i was really touched when one of the brothers he shared that um, that the lord he needs a proper testimony and our being gates this is the proper testimony because Amen. the lord was the biggest gate so he opened the life gate that all maybe may go in Amen. so in the same way we have to be open and i just pray that the lord would break through our disposition um, just anything that's natural that keeps others from entering in through us
1: Amen.
10: That, was,
4: that was standing yeah
10: I think I was impressed last night and today that we really need the Lord Jesus' life. This man was what this looks like. The Lord Jesus on the earth is what this actually looks like, to have gates. And I think there was a point even last night on the outline, we need to ask ourselves, how many gates do we have? And in the overflow time last night, the brothers sharing on John 3 really touched me. And just considering throughout the Gospels, you really see a man who had gates that all types of people could come through in the living of the Lord Jesus. In, in one sense, it's like the Pharisees and the scribes had walls but no gates. If, if you wanted to reach their standard, you'd have to climb over their spirituality to get to where they were at. And no one could attain that, but the Lord Jesus, he had a way in the gates that people could come in, Amen. come into what he was doing. Amen. Amen.
6: Amen. Um, brothers, fellowship stir up um, my uh, uh, spirit. I can no longer sit there, and I want to have a testimony of uh, uh, one church uh, in mainland China. Um, and uh, um, for the uh, the the church, uh, about sixty cents, and every one of them they are gates. Uh, they, they uh, you know, every one of them, uh, they, you know, they are gates. And then. Um, for the past 10 months, um, 400 people got baptized wow. in bring to that church. So hallelujah. So if we all can be a gate and then many, you know, if we just bring one, then we will be the So thank the Lord for the, uh, for the speaking.
11: Praise the Lord. The gate is the body matters. I just realized this weekend, our blending together is not small things and the Lord did pray, heard my prayers. I've been praying to the Lord, Lord, how about this areas? How about the saints in Orange County? Why do I still stay in my locality and pray for the sake of being good good church local life here? How about blending more with the saints? And the Lord heard my prayers. I really thank the Lord for that. But just simply blending that help us to adjust us and harmonize and and even tempered us. And I have to say that when each locality is a lampstand, we have three plus seven, which is God added to us. It's not enough. Today, the Lord's urgent need is three times four. That is the process consummated trying God, mingle with us, regenerated, transform, glorified tripartite elect. And I also encourage all the saints If you don't have time, you work, there is always a way to get into the blending and also fellowship. I do have some saints that I never think of I can actually fellowship in Africa on my FTTA online class. And some of them did not even have a local church like there or a home group meeting. But through the online, I'm able to fellowship with some of those. And I really praise the Lord that we shouldn't take anything granted. Amen. 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 Yeah, we should never take uh,
6: the grace of Christ uh, for granted. Uh, I really think uh, the time is flexible. Uh, depends on who, who you love. If you are loving Christ, you have time. Like uh, we parents uh, love kids. We're always available to them. <laughs> so that's the value concept uh, we should have. Yeah. So I really feel so touched by the pearl, you know, because I feel I didn't do anything wrong why I have to be so uh, suffering. But uh, now I know uh, because God wants me, wants me to be a pearl. So even today, I'm already 75 years old, but I'm so busy <laughs> because so many, uh, um, uh, how to say, so, so many people, even young people, they want to talk to me. So I think uh, we are so happy I really uh, enjoy the Lord's recovery. Amen. Glory to God. Amen.
10: Uh, glory to God. Amen. Uh, people are waiting in line to come into the kingdom. Amen. People are seeking and needing, Amen. Oh, but they need a gate. Uh, they need us to be open. Uh, praise the Lord that they need love. Amen. Who is love? In 1 Corinthians In thirteen, we see that love is Christ. Uh, Christ is kind. Uh, He does not brag. He endures all things. Uh, So we need to experience Christ as such a love. Uh, My prayer is, Lord, I want to love people as you love people. Lord, give me a burden to love people. And then, when we do this, we need to have Christ as our entrance. So Jesus must be multiplied and enlarge in each one of us. Amen. Oh, This is the way how we can become gates. Amen. Oh, we don't want to be small. Oh, We want to be enlarged. Amen. So we have a bigger capacity for people. Amen. Oh, this requires the old man to die. And for this, the Lord needs to work on us. Amen. Oh Lord, give us a heart for people Amen. and reproduce yourself into us.
8: Amen. The church is the gateway to God. Uh, if a sinner wants to meet god he can't take a rocket and go to the heavens he has to come through the church um, yeah and many believers they're not welcoming they're not approachable and they're shut um, and so it's really hard for these sinners to come to god but i was really reminded by these verses in 1 corinthians 9 where paul said he uh became all things to all men that he might save some he didn't put up a wall he lowered the wall so that the people could enter in and be saved And that really impressed me. And also it was uh, the the reason that we're just not welcoming or not approachable isn't, it's just because we're sinners and we need the Lord Jesus who is love and has love for these people. And his love, uh, he's not selective.
1: Um,
7: I really appreciated the connection between 1 Corinthians 13 and the gates. Um, that the Lord was so willing to die because of his love for us. And so it was what, what really caused him to suffer, what really caused him to put aside all that he was. And I feel like so often it's like, Lord, like I'm not, I, I'm not willing. And he's like, it's because you do not have the love. And I was just, I don't know, I was just so struck with love does not seek its own things. It covers all. It believes all. And that is, it's really when we touch the love of Christ, when we're flooded with the love of Christ, that, that we really become this gate we're willing to take a, a, a sinner, whoever they are, and be anything to them. We're, we just love them with the love of Christ. And it's like, oh Lord, like flood in. I need this tide of love. Amen. This tide of love to become a gate to anyone.
1: That's such a good way to conclude this,
4: to bring <laughs> it full circle this message, is that in order to be these gates, it comes down to our experiencing and becoming this love, right? Amen. This divine love. Amen. Uh, how many can come in is not how spiritual you are, but how much love you have. So, anyways, may the Lord gain what he's after. Amen. That all the five churches in South Orange County be full of gates Amen. big gates and small gates.
0: Let, let, let's sing this hymn one more. Amen. <laughs> You're okay. We'll have food for you. Amen. Sing it one time. Sing. sing. The, yeah
4: yeah we can stand how about we sing this one more time oh, perfect love, it suffers long forbearing oh, Let's just declare the first three words of every stanza. Amen.
1: Oh, perfect love! Oh, selfless love! Oh, noble love! Oh, lasting love! Hallelujah.
4: Hallelujah! Amen. OK. Well, at this point, we'll conclude our blending uh, conference, South Orange County Blending Conference. Uh, for those of you who weren't here yesterday, this is the first of this kind of conference in a while. The last time we've had a blending conference was back in 2011, 2011. Uh, but even in that conference uh, on Lord's Day, we did not gather all together in one place. We had saints kind of shuffle around and we blended in all the different five localities. So the last time that we actually gathered all the five churches in one place dates back to 2007. So over 10 years ago, and if you remember, we were in the Irvine, uh, now Irvine Hotel, but formerly Irvine Regency Hotel. So um, anyways, this is a long overdue conference. Uh, We actually had 645 saints here, including serving ones, uh, out of the five churches um, where the total uh, average attendance on the Lord's Table is uh, uh, almost 800, 800. So I thought, just for the sake of all the saints' awareness, maybe it can just share how these gates, whether they're big or small, these gates uh, in South Orange County, we have a lot of potential. Uh, starting with maybe the smallest locality is Lake Forest, who has almost, uh, on average, 30 in attendance uh, on Lord's Day. Then we have Huntington Beach, which has, on average, almost a hundred. Uh, Then we have Santa Ana, which has on uh, on average 110, and then we have San Juan Capistrano on average 120, Uh, and then finally Irvine on average 440. So all these gates, all these churches, so many potential gates within them, right? So we would have many who would come in in all all of South Orange County. Uh, Okay, so we have a few announcements for the church in Irvine, we do have, uh, we're gonna spend the next three weeks uh, covering the uh, material that have been prepared based on the three messages of this conference. So we have uh, message one uh, uh, for week one of the morning revival in the back there at the ta- um, in the foyer. Uh, so make sure you pick up one. We will also circulate one Electronically, for those who are receiving the church emails. But you can pick up your morning revival in the back. Uh, it's a custom morning revival, so that's what you have. And it's translated into Chinese uh, and Korean. Then the second announcement is that uh, for this, all.